Wait, have we been recording this whole time? Welcome, everybody, to the Degenerational Talent Podcast. This is the brainchild of a group of degenerate gamblers who we really only know sports, but we're definitely going to try to convince you otherwise. With me once again this week, we got Mitch, Dave, Justin. Today we're going to try to cover it all. We can start off with a little recap of last week. College football was not a good time for us. Um, we all went 500 or below in our picks. The consensus was 500 or right around 500, a little below. So not a, not a great uh, not a great showing, but we did have some really good picks out there. Um, some big money from the JMU money line was probably one of our better picks to all take with uh, some plus money there. Um, as well, we did not do fantastic in NFL. Dave and Justin were the only ones that went above 500 with their picks as well. But so we're moving forward. We're gonna we're gonna reduce the amount of picks a little bit. There are a couple big games last week that I think we we do got to talk a little bit about those ones. Um, I think the biggest one, obviously, to talk about after last week is Colorado Colorado State. That was that's kind of a that was quite a game last week. Yeah, Colorado Colorado State. Uh, it definitely was the big surprise to me. I wasn't expecting it to be as good of a game as it was. I was really on the, the Colorado hype. I really thought it was going to be a, kind of a blowout, but Colorado State came to play, and uh, I lost a lot of money on that game, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Colorado was one of my games, too. I <laughs> I just really thought that I thought it was going to be a blowout. Had a, I was on the primetime wave, I guess, so to speak, but, you know. Yeah, the, the one time that I finally – go against my gut and say maybe Colorado is going to actually cover and blow them out is the one week that they don't. So that's a little bit depressing from my end of, end of things. I think I got a little bit hyped up seeing The Rock on college game day go crazy. He, he did. I mean, I love The Rock. And I love what the Zoa energy drinks. Those are my favorite energy drinks. And he was he was slugging one on, on stage. But... um. Yeah, they they for some reason were not ready for for the Rams to come in there. So interesting game for sure, but Colorado has uh, bigger issues in front of them, I'd say. Yeah, I think they probably looked at that game and saw the other one and eleven team from last season, uh, which Colorado State still in a way is. Um, they haven't looked good much this year, but. Colorado State, I think, circled this one on their calendar the moment Dion was hired, and we're just like, this is, this is the game that we got to show up in. Um, I don't think that I knew after that hit that this game was going to be a lot tougher. That bullshit, horrible, unethical, whatever you want to call it, hit. I knew this game was going to be down to the down to the wire. I grew up a Florida fan, and we just watched the Swamp Kings. Netflix series where they specifically show the major right hit uh, from the BCS National Championship game. So since I was a fan at that time and I was okay with that hit then, I kind of can't be mad at the hit. You know, he wanted to set the tempo. He wanted to let him know he's there. I think it was, I, I, I mean, it was definitely a flag 
definitely a flag, definitely target. I mean, I think by the rule, it should qualify as targeting, same See, as, that, the, same as the major right hit argument. would, but... Yeah, where my argument came in, like, if you're going to... I get the set the tone thing, but, like, I feel like it hit like that. I mean, you already know it was dirty. So if you want to set the standard on playing safe and whatever, he should have been ejected right then and there. If you're trying to set that standard, that 15-yard penalty did shit. It did absolutely nothing. It just put more more chips on people's shoulders and made the more, game even more chippier than obviously. Well, it can't get any more chippier than the Tennessee Florida Florida game, but it just put that that level of energy into that game. And if they were trying to calm that game down, any they would have just disqualified him right then and there. But they allowed that, so it just it, they allow kids to think that that's okay. And if it's only 15 yards, only 15 yards, everyone's going to continue doing it in big games like that, in my opinion. Yeah, and we but, and we and we saw the impact tr- losing Travis Hunter had on Colorado, and I think we'll we'll hit on that a little bit more here as we get into our college picks. There's one other game I wanted to talk about. It, uh, I was there for it. I physically witnessed it, and it was the biggest shit show I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, I, I mean, one, I I do have to start off by saying one Morgantown was very hospitable. It was not as bad as people thought it was. And there are a couple videos out there of some stuff that like some, some pretty crazy things that were going down. I didn't have to deal with any of the, of it. The worst I got the entire time I was there was some eat shit pits. Um, that's pretty much the bulk of it. Nobody threw anything out at me. Nobody really kind of, uh, messed with me to, uh, you know, I, I don't think, I think that there was a lot of hype brought into that whole theory that Morgantown was a very dangerous place, but it wasn't that bad. But specifically about this game that was bad was the atrocious quarterback play by Phil Jerkovic, who just came off a game where he played terribly, complained that all of the Pitt fans booed him when he played terribly, and to top it all off, we get that terrible performance where he single-handedly lost the game he his two interceptions led to the two touchdowns that wvu had i i and even even in the post-game press conference pat narduzzi said the interceptions it was you know the yardage total was the same but the turnovers is what won the game and then followed that up his next comment was we're going to watch the tape, but I'm pretty sure Phil's going to start Saturday versus UNC. I don't know. How do you do that? I mean, who else are you going to play? <laughs> we're going to play Christian Bay. Uh, That's who I we're going to play. I don't, know the, I don't know the Pittsburgh uh, depth chart, but if he is as bad as he was and he's been the starter for however long he has been, like, do you have that much confidence in the second string or the third string? Or he's just bad enough, like you could say, anything's better than him. Well, one, he's bad enough, you can say anything is better than him. A third grader is better than him at this point. I would take a third grader who's two foot five and can't see over the, the offensive line, like over Phil Jerkovic, because Phil clearly can't see anything on the field anyway. So you're throwing Hail Marys every single time he lets go of the ball, it seems like. But we do have... Our, our backup quarterback is a redshirt sophomore that just transferred from Penn State. 
Uh, so Mitch, I don't know if I don't know that he played any really at Penn State, but I know his reason for transferring was Drew Alar, you know, coming in to get the starting job. So I know he transferred for that reason, probably anticipating he had a chance here, not realizing that Mark Whipple was going to bring his third son over that nobody knew existed and force him to play. When you have a sophomore, though, over a six-year senior, if the six-year senior can't play, stop playing him. If we're going to go 0-12 this year, I'd rather go 0-12 with a sophomore quarterback getting more reps, though. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you right off the bat, uh, Christian's going to be a better quarterback than uh, than Jerkovic, just because he's he's a he's got that win winning mentality in him, and I don't blame him for transferring out from Drew Drew Aller under his shadow. Uh, he's definitely found a better opportunity to get some early playing time under Phil. I mean, the stat line in this game, as I'm looking at right now, I watched it, but it I still can't even believe my eyes. Quarterbacks combined, both West, West Virginia and Pittsburgh, they combined for 141 yards passing, oh, three geez. interceptions, and one touchdown combined. That had to have been painful just to watch just as a, as a football, football fan in general, not even just a, as a Pitt fan. I, I can't imagine you. Yeah, I don't know. To be fair, to be fair, he deserves money back. WVU was on their backup quarterback. Garrett Green got injured on the first drive for WVU. So Nico Marchiol, I believe was his last name. Yeah, was the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they didn't game plan for that. And plus, they have CJ Donaldson. They didn't need to throw that much, clearly. Yeah, he ate you guys up 102 yards. Which you, I mean, even for for what happened the week before against Cincinnati, giving up 148 yards rushing uh, in the, just in the first half, or sorry, 184 yards rushing in the first half against Cincinnati, holding C.J. Donaldson to 102 is pretty pretty good there. So we move on to next week against well later this week against UNC, where Phil will still be starting, and I will not be spending any money to go to that game. I can guarantee that they they could basically pay me ten dollars and give me a free lower bowl ticket out i won't go to the game but we did we did get one good quote out of pat narduzzi apparently pittsburgh is now and will forever now be known as boo city pa because that's all i actually like that i actually really like that Yes. Although we were classy during the Chubb, the Chubb exit. I that was, is true. I was pretty proud of us. That is true. For that. Yeah. Chris Collinsworth called us always classy. So apparently we've always been that classy. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that, but I'm, I'm happy he said it. And I'm happy that that was how Pittsburgh fans, I think that we're a smart football town in general. We understand the gravity of the situation. So I'm, I'm really happy. So, that AJ, I, I want to like know what your – so we, the game was at WVU, right? Correct, yeah. Morgantown. Yep. In Morgantown. So, what was your overall overall thoughts of Morgantown? Like when you first got there, what was your first thoughts when you left? I didn't. So I didn't. Did I didn't spend. A, I didn't spend a lot of time actually in the town. Like I mean, we really drove right in, went to our parking lot, and then tailgated and left. Which also, I want to point out, my the parking lot that I was in was almost fifty fifty, like Pitt WVU fans. Once we got in the stadium, it was very clearly not the case. Um, I was the only Pitt fan in my section, like from the 
bottom row to the top row, there was not a single other person in the section that was a pit fan. Um, for one, but for what it's worth, like it, I could see, I see the reason why people would want to go there. Like it is a very, it's it's not necessarily compact, but it is a very large campus, and it is very kind of nice looking campus. Like, um, doesn't there's not like rundown buildings or anything like that. Like nothing crazy like that. And there's a lot that you can get to within walking distance of certain places on campus. Okay, so you, yeah, you didn't explore the town because yeah, I didn't, I didn't go now, explore Morgantown. Like the bar now. scene, like the buildings are run down. It looks like it's gonna fall down. Yeah, <laughs> the one, I mean, it's a, the one really cool thing that I did see, and I, I never knew this, is more. Uh, WVU has what they call a PRT, which in Pittsburgh that's our public transport transit system, but it, it's these little almost like sub like little tiny car monor on a monorail that go the from one end of the campus all the way out into Morgantown all the way to the football stadium like and stopping at all the different buildings along the way and apparently the way it works is you scan your ID and then it's like an elevator almost like you just press a button where you want to go to and it'll you you're just in this little like tram car on this monorail system above the streets and just shooting over to whatever building in whatever campus you're going to. All right. That's sweet. That is actually really cool. That's like futuristic. Yeah. But it, I was talking to somebody else about it and they were like, Oh yeah, I, I think it's been there since there. the seventies. And I'm like, okay, no, that's kind of ridiculous. I did not see that. <laughs> yeah. We parked lip. We were in the gold lot and we parked actually almost like right under one of the stations was kind of like where we were. Um, but yeah, so it goes from like the for reference, the stadium is in Evansdale, which is like technically the next town over, but like still part of the Morgantown greater area. And you can go all the way from the stadium in Evansdale all the way into like downtown actual Morgantown. From there, it's a pretty and it's, I mean, it's a good couple miles or so that you can travel on this thing. So that was pretty cool. But like I said, I mean. I didn't really deal with too much hostility outside of words. I didn't really have anything thrown at. I had some popcorn thrown at me during the game, but like it was to the point that I like kind of was turning to the person next to me and I was just like, is somebody throwing something at me? Like I can't really even tell. <laughs> so, but it, I, I will say I do want to go to more away games though. That's kind of what I got from that experience was I think I'd want to go to more away games. Slightly, slightly tempted uh, to go to Blacksburg, not this weekend, but next weekend, but probably, probably yeah, not in I the think cards. The I, think, I think the electricity of going to an away game, do you see what, because obviously home games are going to be home games for who you like, but that electricity of going to a different game, is it's unmatched for sure. Well, I think this is a good opportunity to say that we should go to the Penn State-Michigan State game on November 24th. Would you come with me? For Penn State-Michigan State? Yeah. At Michigan State, what? Oh, at Michigan State. Yeah, it's an away game. Well, I guess it would be to, to me. A, to me, a Penn State game is an away yeah. game. So, <laughs> and, right, well, I, and I have said I want to go to a Penn State game. I I do want to experience a Penn State like home game at yeah. some point. Like just just to experience that atmosphere. Like that's I want to go to a whiteout. I I would want to go to a whiteout too, but I just don't want to pay the price to go to a whiteout because <laughs> they're like, well, I guess. 
I keep saying stuff like that while I paid pretty much that much to go to this Morgantown game, or this WVU game, so we can move on to next week, or this upcoming week. So we got we got a couple majorities, we got some consensuses, we got some good games, we got some bad games, we got a lot going on this weekend. I think this weekend has a really nice slate of games to go with, and just, I mean, right off the rip, we're going to get Florida State at Clemson noon. So we got Florida State, who's 3-0, 2-1 against the spread, minus 135 favorites at Clemson, 2-1, 1-2 against the spread, plus 114. So that's a 2.5-point underdog at home with an over-under of 55. I mean, I took Florida State minus 2.5. I'll be honest, I, I would probably tease Florida State winning this game. I know this is somewhat of a trap game because this is probably the only thing Clemson's paid attention to since they lost to Duke. However, my belief is that that Boston College game was proof that Florida State was looking ahead to this game and preparing for this game from the jump. Yeah, after after last week was what Florida State did with or allowed BC to do. I don't really have much confidence after watching that. I know Florida State probably went in that game thinking this is an easy win. Clearly, it wasn't. Um, so until I see like them bounce back, I'm just gonna take the points in this because if if BC can put up 29, 30 on Florida State, I think Florida State can put up that same amount too. So I'm just gonna take the points in this game and just be as safe as I can because I don't know what Florida State, what Florida State team is gonna show up in this game. Also, I don't know what Clemson team is gonna show up in this game. Is it gonna be Week One versus Duke, or is it gonna be every other game set? So this is a rare thing for me. I'm going against the trends on this one. Uh, the trends have Clemson overall last 10 games, 7-3. and three. Uh, Average scores, it's fairly close, but I think Florida State is going to ride momentum. I really do think they're the better team right now uh, because, you know, Clemson just looked so bad the first week. And I, I just think Florida State's played some better teams. They're going to have a little bit better momentum going into this game. Yep, I'm all over Florida State money line here. I'm not taking a minus two and a half. I, I kind of regret that because there's a little bit more value in that. But um, to compensate for that, I'm also hitting the over. The over in this game, I I think, is pretty pretty sure bet. Like Justin said, I mean, Florida State's defense did not look very inspiring last week. Um, their offense is amazing. I think they run through Clemson, and a lot of points get scored. I would I would put the projected over under probably around like 61 62 if i were to do it myself so i'm it absolutely big, taking the over big 10 matchup where there's all offense no defense that's what, I, yeah. what i'm saying and i hope that's, that's, that's the case that's that would be 12. fun as hell to watch <laughs> that's the yeah big, that's I, the big let's, 12 let's hope for that. so uh next up we we do got virginia tech at marshall i did get into it with a guy on twitter actually uh last week because he seemed to think that marshall was the place that they should be having game day this week uh not not sure what he was smoking but i think that he needed to share with the class there uh regardless it looks like we do have a consensus on this pick as well or sorry a majority on this pick because i was the only one that did not go with the under not that i don't believe the under would hit here uh, i took marshall money line i think that uh my basically my whole view on this is looking forward to next weekend with virginia tech versus Pitt and that just being a 
game of two very, very, very bad teams. Uh, Marshall was able to beat Notre Dame last year. I think that minus five is a little bit of a much to feel on, but I think Marshall can come in and, well, they're going to be at home too, so that I think they're, they're just going to take this game. Uh, I'm, I'm biased because I, I, do, I do still pick Tech to win unless I know it's going to be no shot. Um, so bias pick is going to take Tech on the money line. It is it is plus money. Um, that's just biased, but I'm taking the under because neither one of these teams can score. Tech still sucks. Tech is still Tech. They haven't recovered since Beamer left. Um, so safe bet going under under on the points. I agree with you, Justin. I took the under two. Uh, it's it's uh, the average points were scored were fifty six. Um, I just don't think that they're gonna get. I just don't think they're gonna get fifty this time. It's <laughs> they're not very good teams, not offensive scoring teams anyway. At least this year. Well, they don't have to get fifty, but either way, I'm with you on the under under forty one on this one. I think it's such a low under that it's it's a trap bet. Uh, that's literally the only reason I'm going for it. And again, I, I, I don't think, think either of these things are good. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be scoring. Yeah. Um, so it Sorry, won't be a fun I, game to watch, but you can uh, can win some money if you take the under on this one. I think that's a pretty safe bet. All right, next up we move into the 3.30 window here, and this is one of the games that we were feeling here. Uh, we were talking about it a little bit earlier here about Travis Hunter. So we got number 19, Colorado, 3-0, 2-1 against spread, plus 675 underdogs at number 10, Oregon, 3-0. They are 3-0 against spread, minus 1050 favorites. They are a 21-point favorite at home with an over-under of 71.5. I think that without Travis Hunter, I, I think Travis Hunter was the only reason they were going to cover this game at 21 points. But without Travis Hunter, I don't think they can cover. I, I I had them losing regardless. I don't think Travis Hunter would be the difference between them winning and losing. I think that it just would have been a closer game than 21. Uh, Oregon's may put up 50, 60, 70 points in this game alone. So I would probably even tease the, uh, tease the over here at 71 and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm all over the over. Um, both these both these teams can score. Um, Colorado's proven they can score without Travis. Travis that is a big blow. Um, but again, again, Oregon has proven that they're going to put up forty plus every game. Um, and I think I think Colorado can stay with them. It's not. I don't think it's going to be a twenty one point blowout like victory. I think Colorado's also going to cover. Um, they're going to play for Travis and, and Colorado somehow they, they've proven that they can hang with the best of them. I mean, they week one upset won me, won me big, big money. And I'm going to, I'm going to sprinkle that money line again, just because, I mean, it, it's such a positive value. Um, so I'm, I'm for sure taking the points and then I'm going to, I'm going to sprinkle Colorado to win this game. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I got talked out of my original pick of Oregon minus 150. Uh, I guess I get, 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 I guess I got to get down to reality. So I chose Oregon to minus 21. Colorado is going to get knocked back down to reality. I'm not a believer this week that prime time there. It's, 
I don't think anybody's going to be playing for Travis. They're going to try to, but Oregon is just well, way overmatched. I'm sorry, Colorado is way overmatched this week. Yeah, I think Oregon rolls this one pretty easily. Minus 21. This one had the uh, every every predictor that I have that I run pretty much just going nuts. Big money, sharp money. It's a system, expert picks. There's everything on on Oregon minus 21. I think it's a very, very safe bet that they're going to cover this. I think a ton of points are going to be scored. I, most most of them by Oregon, to be honest. I could see Oregon putting up 55, 60 points in this game. Um, another reason, uh, I guess there were death threats against what Blackburn's family after that hit on Hunter. I th- I think that's another thing that kind of brings this this whole crazy train back to earth because it's becoming you know a little bit cult like, and I think that's kind of a wake up call slap in the face for them. So I think they will play for him, but it's also they need to come back to earth a little bit here, and this is going to be the game that does it. You know, it's bad when a Penn State fan starts calling other people cults. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> All right, move. Moving on, we got uh, another big game, big conference game here. Number 15, Ole Miss. They're 3-0, 3-0 against spread, plus 230. Underdogs at number 13, Alabama's 2-1, 1-2, minus 285 favorites. Minus 7 favorites at home with an over-under 55 and a half. So last week we saw Alabama go to USF, one of uh, probably one of, if not the worst, teams in the state of Florida they only put up 17 points like I don't know what they were what they thought they were doing I don't know if they if they forgot to play but they definitely showed they have a problem at quarterback they played three different quarterbacks and still only put up 17 points I think Ole Miss is finally going to take advantage of something going wrong for for Alabama and I'm going to take the Ole Miss money line here I think Jackson Dart and the confidence behind him by Lane Kiffin is going to be what wins this game because the assumption, and I believe I may be wrong here, I think they did already announce Jalen Milrow is going to start for Alabama this week. Right. I, I mean, after last week, you got benched, and then you still didn't score when you did get it, or you didn't do well when you got got in the game. So there's no confidence there behind their quarterbacks, like. And so I think that's what's really going to win this game is quarterback confidence. Yeah, I think everyone thought Bama was was back um, this year. A lot of people were confident in Bama, and they're they're struggling at quarterback. Granted, that game in South Florida was the worst playing conditions possible for, I feel like, any quarterback, especially if you don't have a confident one. But that being said, I do think Bama bounces back a little bit from this that game because I don't I don't think that dynasty's over per se, um, but I'm I'm just gonna take the points to be on a, on a safe bet because they they didn't look good. I mean Bama should have been able to run all over that run all over that team in that rain, and it looked like the longest yard um, field when I was watching the game. It was just it, it looked like straight like a flood. Um, but I think I think they get back into it. I think they they start scoring some points. I think both teams throw up some points. Um, so I'm, I'm just riding with the over, not picking a team. 
So this is another one of those games that I'm going against the trends on. I chose Ole Miss money line. I think I don't. I just don't think Alabama's going to bounce back, and they're able to bounce back in time against a good Ole Miss team. Uh, the last ten games, Bama won eight. The, the record's eight and two. Last three, three and zero. Oh. Everything is going against Ole Miss winning, but I, I just feel like the way they played last week. I think Ole Miss has a chance this week. Yeah, I'm I'm not taking money line. I'm always going to take the points um, here, but I'm definitely taking Ole Miss plus seven in this one. And I I'm just tired of losing money on Alabama. The pick I lost money two weeks in a row on them because uh, I because I did I was one of the people that was a believer in this team for some unknown reason at this yeah. point. But Jordan Georgia and Bama have been. Yep. Not covering shit. <laughs> yep, it's crazy. So I, I'm just done. I'm done taking Bama. Um, I'm 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 going Ole Miss plus seven, following sharp money on that one. I'm also going to take the over in this one. Fifty-five and a half seems like a lot, especially with quarterback troubles uh, on the Bama side, because I do think they're going to have to you know lean on that run. But that is exactly why I think I'm I'm going to take the over because there there has to be a reason why it's that high. I could see them putting up crazy points in this game. So I'm going yeah, I over mean, Bama's five and a half. Bama, so I feel like they find a way to put up points. I mean, last week it was yep. it was field conditions and weather conditions. I feel like that caused that. I feel like if it was a sunny Florida day, Bama would have steamrolled that game. Yeah, and I would have won a little bit more money. I would have lost a little less, I, I guess. Would've, I would have <laughs> lost a little less. Yeah. All right, next up, we got at the 7 o'clock game, Arkansas, who's 2-1, and 1-2 one, one and against spread, plus 600. At number 12, LSU, who is 2-1 and 2-1 one and one against spread, minus 900. LSU are 17.5-point favorites at home with a 56 over-under. I took LSU minus 17.5 here for two reasons, really. One, the first reason being, I'm pretty sure Brian Kelly told that team after that Florida State game, that once again, you have a chance. You can lose one and you can still get in. But you have to just blow out everybody in the way. It's the only chance you have of getting into the playoff from here on out. And I think that's what they went into last week against Mississippi State, knowing. And that's why they blew Mississippi State out. Now they're at home and they're coming up against an Arkansas team, who this is reason number two, who's coming off a loss to a pretty subpar BYU team and it gives me the feeling of the Arkansas last year who also lost to a subpar BYU team I just think Arkansas doesn't have it in them to win I don't think they have it in them to play too good maybe they hang in there because I believe it was right around this time last year that they hung in with Alabama as well or like right after that BYU game so I think it's kind of in that spot where there's a chance Arkansas can hang in this game, but frankly, I I think LSU's just gonna absolutely run away with this game. Yeah, I, I got two takes. I'm gonna go Jalen Daniels and LSU defense. I was all over LSU last week. I didn't think Mississippi State had a chance. LSU blew them out the water, and that's that's my my logic going forward until you stop Jalen Daniels and that defense slows down. LSU's rolling through their end. 
I actually chose Arkansas and the points. Um, the trends, the trends kind of follow towards that, despite. Uh, yeah, I'm actually tempted to take Arkansas on the money line. I just don't know. It's just one of those gut feeling things. Like this might be the upset. Um, you know, they lost at Florida State a couple weeks ago, or LSU lost to Florida State a couple weeks ago, and uh, just I'm basically basically going by my gut, but. I'm going to take the safe one and take the points. Arkansas plus 17 and a half. Yep, I'm I'm going to disagree and, and say LSU minus 17 and a half. I'm going to follow uh, big money and sharp money on that one and just my gut in general. And I and I will throw down the gauntlet here, Dave. If Arkansas wins money line, then next Thursday night football game that we go to, I will buy everything that you drink, everything that you eat, well, that's a hell of a bet right there. But, Everybody but, heard it. But if they don't win Moneyline, you have to buy me one drink. That's it. All right. What kind of bet is that? <laughs> it's lopsided as hell. Well, yeah, because it's, it's, cool, it's 17 the line, yeah. the line is lopsided. It's yeah. 11 o'clock on Saturday is what, what that is about. <laughs> I'm, tell- I'm going to put something down on the money line. I just It's just one of those gut feelings. Well, then. All right. Gauntlet has. I buy two drinks. How about two? that? That's how confident I am. Two drinks. <laughs> the beer special, though. Okay. I mean, don't go, don't go IPO on me. Yeah, I'm not going to be getting those fancy old fashions that you love. Straight but light, guys. But light. All right, all right. Moving on to the next one, we got real big game here. Top ten matchup, number six Ohio State, three and zero, one and two against the spread, though. Minus one sixty six favorites at number nine Notre Dame, who is four and zero, three and one against the spread, plus one forty, giving three points to Ohio State at home, fifty five over under. I'm Notre Dame money line. This is Sam Hartman's Heisman game. If Notre Dame wins this game, if Hartman balls out, I think it's quite possible we could see him lock up the Heisman pretty early on with the way he's been playing. I know there's a lot of really good players out there, and they've been doing it, and they've been playing really well. But I think beating this Ohio State team and having a really game, good game doing it, could be what we look back at and say, "Hey, that's where he won the Heisman." Yeah, I'm taking the points because on one side of the ball, you got Marvin Harrison, ain't nobody stopping him. I mean, on the other side, you got um, the running back of Notre Dame, and I think it's just gonna be. I spewed out. I think it's going to remind me of like the Chiefs Bills last year. It's just down to the last second. I think this game is going to go 60, 70 points. Like, there's going to be like a shootout. This is a completely biased pick because Ohio State needs to lose to help another team that I'm that I love. And so Notre Dame needs to just win this game. Um, I chose the money line. Um, I, I just, I think, I think there's a solid chance. Ohio State's, yeah, no, it's biased. Ohio State will probably win, but they don't need to. How about that? <laughs> Good luck. There's my analysis luck. for that team. Ohio State needs to lose. They're going to lose there. I said that, that, that is, uh, that's sound logic, uh, Dave, and I'm, and I'm with you right there. Uh, but not as sound as my take right now, which is Notre Dame money line because fuck Ohio State, and we can move on to the next. I like that one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. 
Next up, we got number 24, Iowa, visiting Penn State. Iowa's 3-0, 2-1 against spread, plus 470. Penn State is 3-0, 3-0 against spread, minus 650. Penn State are 14.5-point favorites at home with a 40-point over-under. This is a majority pick. Yeah, this is a majority pick, not a consensus pick as it was earlier. Uh, minus 14.5. I'm going to leave it to the Penn State guys to really tell us what's going on here. I'll, I'll go first. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, no. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say it is a consensus fix. I did put minus 14 it's, and a half. I just it's not you. Feet. No, it's not you, Justin. <laughs> you're not, you're not the dissenter. You're not the dissenter. Uh, I am the, the complete contradictive, hypocritical person here. Now, this... Penn State's going to win, of course. Mark my words, Penn State's going to win, but this these Iowa, Iowa and Penn State games are really shaky sometimes, most of the time, and the scores have always been close, average score 20 to 22. Uh, the the last 10 games, Penn State edges them 6 to 4. Uh, Penn State's going to win, but I chose Iowa and the points. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I kind of want to throw down another bet right now, but I'm not I'm not going to do it. I, I don't want to double one. my bets. Yeah, I'm telling you. Okay, first of all, this is not going to be a close game at all. Iowa is not a good team. Iowa is going to get shit on right now. Penn State minus fourteen and a half is easy for me. Um, I'm also not even just gutting that pick it's also falling sharp money and a system that has a 57 percent win rate so the numbers backing me up on that one which you love to see penn state drew aller rolls he needs a big game because i am a fan i'm a believer but illinois defense as bad as they are i thought they were going to be good going into this season they they showed flashes of that last week um, against us, of course, they rose to the occasion, even though we still covered. But Drew Aller did not really uh, show anything inspiring. So I think this week he needs he's going to come out and he's going to hit his boys. I think Katron Allen is going to come up with two tutties, 100 yards. Drew Aller, three touchdowns. I could even see one of them being on the ground. So I, I'm going Penn State, and I'm also going the over. I think the over is... Pretty low. It should be a lot higher. Project. I would put it around like 44, 45. But I don't know why it's at 40. It seems like a trap bet, which goes against my instincts. But I, I just can't see. If if the uh, game, strip, game script follows what I think it will, which is Drew Aller has a, has a big game, then uh, Penn State scores 35 themselves. All right. I think uh, we can all hope that maybe this – Game goes a little bit like how the Brown Steelers game went, where Dave took Browns uh, to cover the spread there, and it went the complete opposite direction, as the rest of us had chosen the Steelers. So we'll hope that that goes that way. Our last college game of the week here, little little late game, 8 p.m. start on the ACC network. Number 17, North Carolina, three and 2 and one against spread, minus 298 at Pittsburgh, one and two, one and two against spread, plus 240. Only seven and a half point underdogs at home with a 50 point over under. I've already ranted about him once. I'll rant about him again. Phil Jerkovic can 
go somewhere. I'm not going to finish the rest of that statement. I will probably tease this UNC line as high as I can because I guarantee they will probably cover by the end of the first quarter. Um, this UNC team is good. This UNC team offense specifically is really good. And then you have Pitt's offense, which is a flaming pile of shit in a flaming trash can right now. Um, until as long as Phil's in the game, you, whatever it is, like, yeah, as long as Phil's in the game, as long as Frank Signetti still seems to think that Phil is the guy, as long as Pat keeps giving all of his personnel decisions to Frank Signetti to make and Pat and Phil start playing, this is UNC's game to not cover. It's not even UNC's game to lose. It's their, it's their game to not cover. So I'm taking UNC with the points and taking them as high as DraftKings will let me. Yeah, I'm actually looking at that now because um, I had to go find DraftKings on my phone because fuck Vandal. Vandal sucks. Oh, they have the worst customer service ever. When I, looked um, up, when I looked it up earlier, I couldn't tease the line. That's why I say that. So first quarter money lines minus one ninety eight over is ten and a half cover is minus one and a half for North Carolina first half is minus three and a half. Oh, here we go. I can tease the line now. Uh, alternate spread here thirteen you go. and a half plus one fifty two. That's what I can get it to. I'm absolutely yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely taking that. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm taking North Carolina just every way possible. Um, like AJ said, UNC looks good. Um, I didn't really think I would have much confidence in. Drake May, I thought he was going to be another bust uh, or another Duke UNC quarterback that they're projected high in college and then they shit the bed in the NFL. But Drake, I mean, so far he's, he's still actually – He's still in college. So. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but he's uh, he's actually looking pretty decent. Um, But, yeah, Pitt is just ass. I'm sorry, AJ, I know you're a Pitt fan, but Pitt is ass. I've been saying it too. Oh. So. I'm, I'm going to go UNC as much as I can, every way possible, backwards, sideways, up, up and down. <laughs> From behind? Yeah. Yeah, Pitt is not definitely not it. And North Carolina is definitely the better team. I took I – took, I went more standard. I took North Carolina minus seven and a half. Um, or, and uh, I just don't think – after losing a snooze fest last week with Pitt and – in West Virginia, I, I, it's just North Carolina's going to steamroll all over them. Yeah, I, I think we're all in pretty consensus for this one. Uh, I don't know if I'm biased just because AJ called me crying in the middle of the night after that game last week. <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the night, it was the middle of the game. Yeah, <laughs> it was the whole time. I was on, I was, I was FaceTiming him for like seven hours. Um, but. <laughs> UNC minus 33 and a half first half spread. That's my bet. Obviously, that's uh, satire, but you, you get where I'm going. UNC is going to destroy Pitt. All right, so we got a couple consensus. We got three consensus picks here um, across the board. We have first one is going to be Rutgers to cover 24 at Michigan. Our next consensus pick is Texas to cover 15 at Baylor with our last consensus pick to be UNC to cover 7.5 at Pittsburgh. Those are your consensus picks there. Let's move on to the majority, though. We have majority. We got NC State to cover 9.5 on Friday night. 
at Virginia. We got Florida State money line at Clemson. We got the under the Virginia Tech Marshall game. We have Oregon covering versus call at home against Colorado. We have, oh, sorry, I missed Kentucky to cover versus Vanderbilt. We got Utah to cover versus UCLA. We also included, we're going to say Kansas minus nine is a majority as well. We got Tennessee minus 20 and a half at home against UTSA. We got Oregon State money line at Washington State. We got the Notre Dame money line we've already talked about and the Penn State minus 14 and a half. Those are your majority picks. All right, next up, we're talking NFL. few less games that we're going to go over here. First one up is a Sunday 1 o'clock game. We're going to talk Pats, Jets. Patriots are 0-2. They're also 0-2 against spread, minus 135. Jets are 1-1, 1, and 1, 1, and 1 against spread, plus 114. Jets are 2.5-point underdogs at home with a 36.5 over under. We do have a majority here. Uh, I'm in that majority. I'm taking Pats money line. I just feel like Patriots defense is going to show up. It's Zach Wilson. Bill Belichick isn't going to lose to Zach Wilson. Yeah, that's my logic. Exactly. Zach Wilson at quarterback. I mean, I'm going to take the opposing team to win pretty much majority of the time. And I don't think Bill Belichick goes 0 3. I don't think he's ever done it. I don't think he's going to start now. And it's not going to start for the likes of Zach Wilson. So, Patriots. He's going to. <laughs> He's going to start this week. I think if Zach Wilson and the Jets can beat the Bills at home, I feel like they can beat the Patriots, which are a far worse team than the Bills at home as well. It's not even prime time. So I took Jets minus two and a half. I think their defense is going to be so overwhelming for Mac Jones. Um, unless they can get a lead early, I think the Jets minus two and a half. I think, I think they're going to win. By probably you, also a more. Jets, you also got the Jets beating the Bills when Josh Allen had the worst possible game of his career. Or one of them. Uh, he usually puts up one of those oh, games. Josh's for, worst for year, possible game but, is yeah. Mac Jones' best game. So, and it's Mac Jones. No, <laughs> that's not true. But okay, I'm going Pat's money line on this one. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree with the uh, sentiment that. I just don't see the Pats losing. The Jets' D is electric. Uh, but also another factor in that Jets game, it was on 9-11. Robert Sala's brother was a firefighter. 9-11 tempers. I mean, tensions were really high. It was it was a very passionate game. And as we know, just from our past bets, that all bets are off pretty much in, in situations like that. See, the so Jets' we... defense is electric on paper, but they did nothing last week with – the Dak Prescott of all fucking players. Yeah, he'd be the easiest one to capitalize Dak. against. Yeah, exactly. They did nothing to stop Dak. And I mean, Dak maybe da- maybe Dak's different, dude. He is on my fantasy team. He might be built different this year. <laughs> well, I took his under on interceptions this year because they had it so hot. They had it, I think they had it like fifteen. Really? Oh, jeez. Yeah. He won't even have to long. throw that much because the defense does the scoring for him now. He's uh, gonna get but... six on Sunday. Either way, Pat's money line. I'm also taking Mac Mac Jones over six and a half rushing yards. Um, I think that's a pretty pretty secure bet. I would I would say he's gonna probably scramble 
two or three times, pick up 10, 15 yards. So I'm taking Mac, Mac Jones over six and a half rushing yards in Pat's money line. Just a random stat I just want to throw at you guys here real quick. That it's somewhat related to the Patriots here. Is at no point during Tom Brady's career did he take a single snap when his team was mathematically eliminated from playoffs. Do you guys know that stat? Tom Brady, what do you expect? Yeah, I honestly, for some reason, I'm not surprised, even though that is the most disgusting statistic I've ever heard. It's again, it's Tom Brady. <laughs> what do you expect? All right, moving on to the next game that we're going to talk about. We got Saints 2 and 0, 1 and 1 against spread. They got they did push on the spread plus 105. They are at the Packers, who are one and one, two and zero against spread, minus one and twenty-five. Packers are minus two favorites at home, forty-two point over under. We got another majority here, another majority that I am in, and we got Saints money line. I'm sorry, we actually have a consensus here of Saints plus two, but a, cons- a majority of Saints money line it appears. Um. Falcons expose the Packers. Saints are a better team than the Falcons. That's pretty much all I got to say on the subject. Yeah, um, the Saint that Saints defense is it, it's nice. Um, it's it's slept on. Not many people look look at them like a top five, top ten defense, but they are. I mean, they they stop the run. Um, I don't know if Aaron Jones is still out or if it's going to be AJ Dillon, but. I think that front seven stops the run. And I still, I mean, I'm not sold on Jordan Love just yet. They don't really have the receiving core that is going to one-up Marcus and the other corners on that team. And I don't think they got the, I don't think they got the defense to stop Alave and Mike, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is coming back looking great after all Love. those years. <laughs> Love to hear like, that. <laughs> It looks great. Um, it does suck that they lost Jamal. Um, I, I think they take a little bit of a step back with the run game, but I think that um, Taysom Hill and Trey Jones are gonna are gonna step up. I think you're gonna see a lot of Taysom Hill this week. Um, and I think I think Derek's gonna have to have to actually play a good game. And I think I just think the Saints got this. Yeah, I, I chose the Saints for the same reason I chose the Falcons last week. The Packers aren't that good of a team. It could be a little bit different with Aaron Jones, but the Saints are just uh, – I'm a Derek Carr fan, and I think that he's in a good place right now, and I think he's just going to keep getting better and better as the season goes on. But, yeah, I, I chose the Saints in the money line. Yeah, I, I kind of wish I'd out a road with the boys on this and just taking yeah. Saints money line because I do believe that they're they are going to win this outright. But when I see two points, I'm I'm just going to take the two points because it's not worth me taking a bet that's plus one hundred as opposed to having the insurance of the two points. And and I'm just taking that. Michael Thomas, um, obviously is a stud uh, because he's on my fantasy dynasty league and I've held on to him for years through his injury and I knew that he'd come back. So Michael Thomas is a beast. Taysom Hill is questionable, I think. Aaron Jones is not looking good for him to come back in this. If Aaron Jones doesn't come back, I think Saints win this pretty easy. 
Um, but either way, you Saints take the plus point two is Jones a big. Oh, you said plus two. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, I'm t- I'm taking yeah, the plus, plus two, two yeah. regardless. Yep. I think that line changes if Aaron Jones isn't playing, to be oh, honest. For sure. Yeah, I'd probably go yeah. as the Saints minus two, to two. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I just switched. Yeah, but swaps. You, you actually gave me some inspiration about J.K. Dobbins here. You know, I'm just going to keep holding on to him. Maybe he'll bounce back and have an MVP year in three years when he's well, like when he's in knees. Yeah, the, difference is, the difference is Michael Thomas just didn't want to play. He just wanted to make money and do nothing and play video games and sit around. And now he's forced to play. So that that's the only difference. But, you know, if you want to keep him, you want to hold on to him, Dave, be my guest. I'm going to. I'm going to have faith. Do you have a hot take at the end of this? Since we got a, we got a Browns fan home, I want y'all. Not, he's not forever. actually a Browns fan. I'm I'm not a Browns fan. He always he bets is. he always bets against the Steelers. That's why I just that's why I called him a Browns fan. Well when they're good, I'll stop betting against them. All right. Next game we got Chargers 0 and 2, 0 and 2 against spread, a surprising 0 and 2, minus 105 versus the Vikings, who are another surprise 0 and 2. They're 0 1 and 1 against spread. Minus 115 is a push game. Minus one for the Vikings at home. 54 and a half is the over under. I got the Vikes money line because Kirk Cousins, this isn't a primetime game. This is where he shines. This is where he puts up his numbers, is in these one o'clock in the afternoon games. Uh, this is this is where he's gonna shine, and so they're gonna come out of this game with a win. I, I would, I'm taking the the over in this game because both defenses and these teams suck. Chargers look great on paper. Um, they just again, they're the most overrated 0-2 team possible. Um, they just can't win. Um, but they both can score points. I think with that trade that happened today, I think Cam gives the Vikings a lot more of a foundation at the running game than Alexander Madison because I did not believe in Alexander Madison. Never have, never will. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I don't think either team's going to really put up a defensive fight. Um, so I'm just, I'm taking the, the over. And I think Cam hope if Cam plays, I think Cam shows what Cam can do um, against the, the fraudulent Chargers. I agree with you, Justin, 100%. And um, I'm going to definitely put – I was excited to hear that Cam Akers went to Minnesota, get him out of the, the Rams, uh, whatever toxic situation they were in there. Uh, I just chose you over because, like Justin said, the defenses are just not good for either team. But uh, I'm just hoping that uh, Cam Akers, if he plays, I'm going to – Definitely putting him in my lineup on my team. I've been excited. I traded for him. I have faith in him. I'm the cam train. All right. While you're running train on cam, I'm going Chargers money line on this one. For some reason, this just feels like the trap bet of the week for me. I think Vikings should be favored by a lot more, especially because I think we all know the writing's on the wall for Austin Eckler. He's not going to play in this game. 
there's all obviously trouble at the running back position for both teams. Um, I thought Madison was better than he was. And Justin, to give you credit, you have been on the Madison sucks train for a while. And he seems like he does. So trouble, trouble on both fronts in that. Um, but I, for some reason, I feel like Chargers just squeaked this one out because I think Herbert just has a class act of a game. And Kirk, I could also see him having a great game. I could see a I billion think, points I think both being quarterbacks scored. are going over like 350. Um, yep. both, yeah. throwing for, both throwing for at least two. Um, I might see both going board. three. Um, that's plus money in itself if you're doing if you're going to build something. I mean, both go for 300. And both two, two touchdowns, I'm sure that's plus like five, six hundred right there. Yep, JJ over in receiving yards, pretty safe on that too. I I think you can you can make money off this game. It's it's hard. Yeah, JJ's gonna burn all burn JC all day, and mm-hmm. then I think Addison actually has a has a decent game with, when it comes to actually receptions. But he might just put up two catches for eighty yards himself and actually do it that way. Yep. But for whatever reason, my gut tells me Chargers money line in this one, so I'm I'm taking this as my trap bet of the week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fade fade the majority on this one. Sorry, boys. All right, our next game is four o'clock game. We got the Panthers who are zero and two, zero one and one against spread plus one ninety. At the Seahawks who are one and one, one and one against spread minus two thirty. Seahawks are six and a half point favorites at home with a forty two point over under and we have a consensus here we have everybody on the seahawks money line uh i mean i think we all agree panthers suck here i think we all agree bryce young is not looking too good to start the season uh he did try to line up behind the guard in the shotgun uh, (laughs) on monday night against the saints and miles sanders had to push him to into position not a good look. Uh, Mitch, you pointed out to me after he had that nice run. Oh, that run, the down, scramble. And yeah. absolutely nobody showed up to help him up from his team. Yeah, there was like two or three wide receivers around him. Not one of them t- threw a block up. Not one of them went to pick him up when he when he slid to the ground after picking up a crucial, crucial uh, first down. That that speaks volumes to me. He is not he's oh, not well-liked in I, the locker room. I I just out of my, you know, gut, I'm seeing that. I called it earlier that they should have, they should have pulled Andy, or they should have uh, brought Andy Dalton into the game to bring some kind of life into the game. That game was awful. Well, both games were awful for Monday Night Football, but yeah, Bryce is not looking, looking good. I think he's so used to just the Alabama fucking go routes. He's used to balling receivers a killer running game a killer killer offense and he does not have it he went from the best the best system to the worst system an offensive Um, line that gives him 10 minutes to throw the ball probably and now it's the complete opposite (laughs) so i'm i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the seahawks to win it by as many points as it lets me bet on i think the panthers are just i think the panthers are right there with the cardinals fighting for that number one pick yeah, the, the uh, and just, just for what it's worth, Young might not play. He's uh, I think he's nursing some kind of an ankle injury, but that might be a saving grace for the Panthers because Dalton can step in. But either way, it's going to be Seahawks. 
I took Seahawks with the minus six and a half. Yep, I'm taking. Also, I hate Miles Sanders, so I hope the I hope Panthers could just get shit on. He lost my fantasy championship last year, so I fucking hate went, him. But he went to Penn State. <laughs> Does that change anything for you, Justin? It doesn't. He, he literally said, "I don't give a fuck about fantasy." Well, fuck you. <laughs> wow. Most, most players don't. So, yeah. Well, well, don't come out and publicly say it. I mean, Austin, Austin Eckler came out and publicly said that too. Well, so no, he can't, but he also drafts himself first overall in his fantasy leagues. Didn't he say that? Or he had to reach for himself or That's something. True. I think he cares about it, but he the, his true colors are showing. He acts like he doesn't care, but he, he does. Miles literally said, I, I don't give a fuck about your fantasy team. He made it personal. All right, next up, we got Sunday Night Football. The Steelers are in primetime two weeks in a row. Low-key kind of hate it. Steelers are 1-1. One one. They're 1-1 one one against spread, plus 120. Underdogs at the Raiders, who are 1-1. 1-1 one one. One one against spread, minus 142. Three-point favorites. 43.5 is the over-under. And we are kind of across the separated across the board here. I mean, I just – I got to ride. Steelers money line here. I think the Raiders are a better team than the Browns. And as Justin has told us before – Josh McDaniels might be the worst coach in the NFL. If he's not the worst coach, it's definitely Matt Canada as the worst offensive coordinator coach in the NFL. Um, if the Steelers beat you, it's either their defense winning the game or somehow you forgot how to game plan against a jet sweep. But I still or think the Steelers... Yeah. Or the other <laughs> straight up lost, yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think the Steelers might be able to pull this off against the Raiders here. Yeah, uh, my my argument here is both teams actually have pretty good, pretty pretty good pass rushes. I think this is going to be a defensive game, and whoever I think turns the ball over more, meaning whoever has the most takeaways, is going to win this game. Um, so I'm taking the under on this game. I don't like either one of these teams. Josh McDaniel should have stayed in New England as the offensive coordinator because he sucks as a head coach. Nobody likes him. He needs to go back. He needs to get fired. He needs to get fired. Go back to New England because New England can win with him as an OC and just call it a day. <laughs> yeah, I, he can't I actually, do anything more than OC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going against the grain here and yet again against the Steelers. Um, Steelers, I can't, I don't know the exact stats, but I can't remember in recent years where they've ever won in against the Raiders at the Raiders. So I'm going to go with history here. Raiders minus three. Oh yeah. And don't forget that Kenny Pickett's the quarterback and Matt Canada is calling the plays. Jet sweep. The, the Steelers beat the Raiders last year. Yeah. Hmm? Well, he's a short term memory. Yeah. At least Pittsburgh. you don't have to worry about a running game. Yeah. And the, the, Pittsburgh with the, with the Raiders. I don't think the, I don't but, think the Steelers uh, have ever played guy. at Las Vegas. Yeah. Well, not in Las Vegas, but I said against the Raiders. I didn't say where because they lost against the, Oakland. The good thing they were the, the Raiders is they don't have to worry about a run game because Josh Jacobs looks like ass. Negative six yards. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dave, Dave did specify at Raiders at their home specifically, yes. not in Las Vegas. So I will give I didn't him say... for that. Although he is a traitor and not a true fan. Of Penn State not and a, not a true fan of Pittsburgh. No, you, no um, don't don't make me cry, Mitch. Steelers plus three, <laughs> easy money for me. 
Not really. Um, obviously, it's a little bit of a homer pick. I don't believe in uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if that's just because I he's a horrible quarterback or because I'm a Steelers fan. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy there. I think my expectation at this point is every time T.J. Watt sacks the quarterback, the ball is coming out. Coming out. Because he has the biggest arm of anyone I've ever seen. He, he just always it, – it's a magnet. He goes for the ball every time. He's got that – High level awareness. So I, I'm going Steelers plus three. The under does look tempting, but again, I I just can't take it here. I'm almost leaning over in this one for, for some re- weird reason. And I think it's just because a lot of turnovers, getting the ball at the 20 yard line in the red zone and, and just kicking a field goal, worst Kicking case scenario. Goal. Yep. So I, I, I think it's going to be an ugly game. Um, I, I don't have no think confidence in Steelers' offense. That's a hot take. If so much money was lost because of field goals yeah. last week, I don't think oh, really yeah. they're going to be a thing this week. <laughs> Vegas just moves the goalpost. They, they shorten them. They they put them closer together. Uh, I feel like this is going to be the worst week for kickers possible. <laughs> I'm just I think there's going to be so much especially money in on the field goals being Vegas. kicked. Yeah, going to be so oh, much better on field goals. It's probably going to be there's going to be a Strand wrap. Right in the middle of the go goalpost, you can't see it on camera, but the ball just bounces right off of it. Comes back. I'm taking Steelers plus three. That's that's the uh, that's the gist of it. All right, we got Monday night football. We got another another Monday night of two, multiple games. So first game of the night, we got Eagles who are two and zero, one zero and one against spread minus two eighteen. They're at Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers two and zero for two and zero against spread plus one eighty. Tampa Bay are five-point underdogs at home with a 45.5-point over-under. I got the Eagles' money line. I think this is where Baker's magic ends. I understand he's on a revenge tour, and I think he's still going to play pretty well. But the Eagles are just the Eagles. They are coming back with a vengeance this year. I think a lot of these players realize that they they need to just absolutely steamroll all year long. They need to do whatever they can, show what they can all year long for them to go back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm totally against AJ on this. I think the Eagles are in a digression right now because they have not lived up to their standards. I feel like they have the team and the personnel to be blowing everyone out of the water every week and they shit the bed every week. Um, I think Baker, like, like AJ said, is on a revenge tour. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Um, Baker looks good. The defense looks good. Mike looks good, even though he said he wasn't going to play without getting a contract. I think everything's clicking for the Bucks. But uh, I've been in Tampa on a Monday night for a game, and that is an electric atmosphere. I think I'm going to I'm going to take the safe pick on the buck the the over, but I'm definitely going to sprinkle something on the Bucks winning this game. I just don't think Jalen has looked good. I don't think AJ has looked good. Not it's AJ, AJ Brown. Um, and that defense is outside of the front seven. I'm not. I'm not worried about that secondary. That secondary has been average at best. Yeah, my pick is the Bucks plus five. I'm going to jump on the Mayfield train just for this week only because just to touch on what Justin said about Monday night, they 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 play a little differently at home prime time and uh i feel like 
I feel like AJ Brown might have his breakout game for the, his first breakout game this year. He's he's well overdue, but I just still think it's not going to be enough uh, to I cover the spread. I think him and Jalen are on the same are on the same page. They've gotten into an argument on the sideline twice now. I don't think they're I don't think they're clicking like they were. I really don't. I think they fix it, but you know, because they're both they're both elite athletes and they're both professionals. I'm. I do have AJ Brown on a couple of my fantasy teams and I'm losing. So, but that could be a biased statement. Yeah. That, that kind of goes against your pick with the bucks there. Cause I think if AJ Brown gets rolling, I mean, Eagles just. Yeah. AJ Brown is rolling. Bucks. <laughs> like it's, it's going to not even be close. I I'm taking Eagles minus five. I would take them minus 15. They're going to destroy the bucks. It's going to be an easy game. Um, I think, this is the game that A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts get rolling. I think those arguments on the sideline in a winning environment, if they're if they were 0-2, that could be toxic. It could it could be bad. It could lead to a trade request. They're 2-0. They know that they're they're contenders for the Super Bowl, obviously. They're almost favorites. This is the perfect environment to have those types of arguments. It shows that they understand that they're not up to their own standards. They're going to be working harder. They're not going to be duking it out in the locker room after going 0-2. They're 2-0, but they're just going to start rolling teams. So I, I think that's a that's a positive thing. I like to see that kind of fire as long as it doesn't cross you know that line. I think Eagles destroy the Bucks. Right, so we only have two cons or sorry, we only yeah we only have two consensus NFL picks as a group. We took the Bills money line as a consensus pick as well as the Seahawks money line as our two consensus picks but we do have a lot of majority picks for the majority here we did take Ravens minus eight for one we did take the Titans plus three as well and throw that in with the Dolphins money line included we talked already about the Patriots money line being a majority as well, with the Lions money line also being a majority pick. Keep it rolling. We're still we talked about the Saints money line as one as well. We also took the Jags minus nine and a half as a consensus or sorry, a majority pick. With three more left, just to show how many of these we were agreeing on. That's why we didn't talk about all of them this week. Cowboys minus twelve was one Chiefs minus 12 and a half was one as well as Bengals money line as well I really hope Burrow gets it back going because he has looked terrible but to his credit the past couple years they have started slow going back and looked I think last year or year before they started one and two and oh and two so it's not uncommon to see this from the Bengals just saying for the record, Justin, I did choose the Titans on the money line this week over the Browns. So I called the Titans last week. I just I'm telling you. Well, you're saying I was a Browns fan, so <laughs> just I thought I thought you were based on AJ's comment. So that's my. Oh no. <laughs> I had no idea. I'm just, who was, who I'm just anti Matt Cannon and Kenny Pickett. That's all. A little bit of fantasy to throw in here. I want to get you guys' reaction. Bit. I think it's a pretty big trade. Maybe it's not a big trade. Maybe I'm overhyping it because I was involved in the trade. But we did have a trade in fantasy in our fantasy league today. I was on the receiving end. I was getting Amari Cooper, Cole Komet, 
And now, without Cam Akers, running back for the Los Angeles Rams, Kyron Williams. And I gave up Jerry Judy and Jahan Dotson. I, I will tell you guys, I sat on this trade for a good like four to five hours today, purely because I didn't want to give up Jahan Dotson. That was the hardest part for me to give up in this trade. But just what, what are your thoughts on the trades, guys? Well, I would like to say I was looking for a reason to try to get Dotson from you. I almost sent you a couple texts today, actually. But um, I think Kyron Williams is just on a streak. It's going to end. Um, there's a reason why he didn't play that much last year. Maybe I'm wrong, but... You know, I, I I think it's a fair trade, though, overall. Um, elite player, think, Judy can be streaky. Yeah, I think it's a fair trade, but, you know, if uh, Howe gets thrown, a, if, if, it, if McLaurin gets injured, it's going to be Dotson. And Judy can be streaky. I'm, I'm kind of a Judy fan, and he's, I think he's overhyped, but I, I think he definitely has it in him if he can stay healthy. I think I think like um, you just said on. I think Cairo he he's on the street, and I also think this if if he's playing he's playing for a year, because um, the Rams got a lot of money, they got a lot of money going into next year, um, and he's not going to be the long term guy. Just like if Cam Akers didn't go to the Vikings, Alexander Madison was not going to be the long term guy, so he's going to get replaced. Um, they're going to find somebody else to bring in or draft. Um, so enjoy it while you, while you have it, because he has looked good, just like the Josh Kelly oh, yeah. one week wonder. Um, but there's a, I'm in another league and somebody's really high on Jerry Judy. Uh, I'm still indifferent on him because he, he can't stay, he can't stay healthy. I thought him and Russ were going to cook. I really did. Um, but I also was really high on Marvin Mims coming out of UNC. Um, I think. Marvin Mills is going to step up more than Judy. I think he's going to he's going to take over that that lead receiver role. In my opinion, it might not be in the next couple of weeks, but I think he's going to be that guy there. Um, and I, I think Cole Komet, um, he's just kind of he's just kind of just a player thrown in there because I think he's a great player. He's in the shit. He's in the shit system, and I don't think he's going to be yeah. utilized the way you you want. Um, so his his fantasy value it, it went in the toilet like your your icon did last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so initially, when I saw this trade, I was like, "What just happened?" I, it seemed pretty lopsided. Um, I kind of rolled that back a little bit. I, I do think that it's a somewhat fair trade just because I already had the league in the bag and Scott's obviously building for the future, um, which makes sense, especially with a Penn State guy, of course, Dotson. And then AJ, 0-2 this year, decides to double down and, and go for the win now strategy, which um, I think evens out the trade for me because I think AJ got more value in the trade, but I think that his overall strategy was uh, piss poor because he's going to lose no matter what. So that evens the trade in my eyes. So Scott, I think, would probably have, have won the trade just because 
um, he understands the landscape right now, which is, you know, it, it's over. All right. I, I, after after two weeks of pretty poor performance from my team, I needed I needed something because the way I'm looking at this season, I don't have picks this upcoming year. So I, I am in a win now mode, even though I have a lot of young players. So I've, I'm, I've started my championship window is started this year is the kind of the way I've looked at it. If Brees Hall isn't going to get, if Brees Hall isn't, if Brees Hall isn't going to get touches, I need somebody there that's going to get touches in my lineup. And I don't necessarily need Kyron Williams to be good for the next four to five years. I just need Kyron Williams to hold my team over until Brees Hall can get back to where he's supposed to be. That's the main reason I wanted Kyron Williams. Amari Cooper, I think, is a better option to start on a regular basis over Judy and Dotson, uh, especially this yeah. year so far. Yeah. I, I did definitely upgraded the current state at wide receiver while giving up some future stake at wide receiver. And then Cole Komet, yeah. I mean, he is the number 10 right now in for tight ends. George Kittle hasn't yeah, been doing great, so I need like a backup plan. Really... On, a, on a week week, I would start Amari probably nine times out of ten. Yep. Because I mean, Amari has been he's been consistent year after year after year. Um, Judy hasn't been on the field consistently week after week after week. That's how I'm going to look at that. So I would start Amari as a plug and play right then and there. Um, I have, I'm not looking at your lineup, but the way he way uh, Williams has been playing, I mean, you can plug him in. Um, I knew when they brought in Dalvin that Brees was going to take a step back. Um, they were going to try and check out that injury, make sure he was like fully healthy. But again, the way, the way the league is working is they don't want players to, whether it's rookies or sophomores or junior, whatever, they don't want players to get too high on their horse and play to a uh, contract. Early Run, running backs, yeah. Running backs. They don't want to yeah. yeah. put I mean, they, they'd rather they'd rather, that's what they're doing with Jameer Gibbs. Agree. They don't they know he's good, but yep. they don't want him to know and then demand a contract in two years. So I mean, this is what they're gonna do, and that's just the way the, the NFL is gonna be until they change that. Yeah, and I think it was smart going after Kyron. That's something that I probably should have done because right now I'm running Damian Pierce as my RB two. And that has not ended very well for me. Um, thankfully, I haven't needed much production from that because Tyreek Hill is so good. But that that was a smart, you know, target for you. I just I just don't know if it was the right time for it. I think you might have to wait another year because you're facing Kyle this week. Kyle, his team is is really good. Um, so I think you might ha- you might be destined for an zero and three start. That's like the worst time to run into him. Um, well, the first so I, the first thing I did is I jumped off the Dews Cruise. That was that was step one. My team name was the Dews Cruise. I had a picture of Pat Narduzzi's face on a cruise ship as my team picture. I have officially rebranded to Bed Bath and Bijan for here on out. Uh, hopefully, try to distance myself from what's going on at Pitt with my fantasy team because while Pitt had the worst performance, I think I've seen all last weekend my fantasy team also had the worst performance in the league last weekend so i think that that was step one 
you know, I don't know that I necessarily. And that is that that is actually a tough task to to do, because I've clearly come out and said that I'm not actually trying this year, and I did better than you. That's 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 saying a lot. Yeah, I... you also sabotage your own team though for unknown for reasons unknown to anyone. That is true. Brees Hall getting <laughs> four touches is what kind of sent my week into a spiral. Um... <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't think the Jets like are trying to be, win if Brees Hall is only getting four that's, touches. That, that's that has nothing to big, do with the a big problem going, going forward. Because I don't see the Jets running the ball because they're going to be playing from behind the whole game. Unless their defense stands so out, but yeah, he, yeah, it was yeah last year, though, too, when who's Brees a stellar Hall receiving back? Brees Hall. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's a stellar he receiving back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Dalvin Cook has proven to be a pretty stellar receiving back. Yeah, but they're gonna they're gonna edge towards Brees Hall more. I they're, mean, they're, they're not gonna put they're not gonna put Brees in on on run block situations because he is coming back from the injury. They're not gonna risk him getting hurt. So that's why he's not seeing the field as much. I mean, and they and they brought Dalvin in for cheap, and they're gonna run Dalvin until his legs fall off. Because they don't want to pay Brees. Brees is going to have to. I mean, he's only year two, but if he balls out this year, then he's going to want a contract next year. I mean, it's it's just common knowledge. I mean, that's why I, do, I can't. That's I do why agree I with that. That's why I can want it out because he's on a mm-hmm. he's on a contract year. He wants all the touches. He didn't want to share, and that's why they traded him. He came out and said it. I got. I want all the touches. I don't want to share. He wants to prove that he deserves money, and. I, th- I honestly think that the Vikings are going to do the exact same thing. I think they're going to split carries with him and Madison and whoever else, because nobody wants to pay a running back. They think they're they're interchangeable, yeah. and as of right now, they are. Yeah, Cam Akers is on a contract year. I think this is his last year of the rookie yeah. deal, right? Yeah. yeah. That's why he. That's why yeah. he didn't stay with the Rams because. He didn't like how they were they were sharing with uh, Williams, and he came out and said it. I want to touch the ball, like I want to be the oh. main ball carrier, and that's why they traded him. They did it last year because he knew he was coming up on a contract year, and I knew from the moment they they tried to stop him last year that he wasn't playing this year for the Rams. They took they they took him off the block last year, but. Once you put, a, I feel like once you put a player on, on the trade block, and then you try to like bring him back, I feel like there's already some bad blood, and I, I didn't see it working out. Yeah, that was kind of why I wanted him, you know, because I had a feeling that he wasn't going to be with the Rams. So I'm like, I, I think I feel like I should get him and just hold him until something happens, or if he does good in LA, LA, then it's a win-win for me. I think yeah. he. I mean, the Vikings is a good system for him too. I mean, yeah, you got I all the so. ball catching yeah, around him. I was kind of hoping I mean, that Jonathan Taylor was going to end up in Minnesota. So, I'm trying to, I'm trying to mean, think that, for one second if there's another player on the Rams that's worth talking about. No, has, there isn't. No, there isn't. So is I think really with that well. we're gonna we're gonna end he for the night. Still injured. Puka, Puka for president, baby. Let's go. <laughs> no, all right. So we're we're gonna head out. For for the end of to this week's episode. We'll catch you guys next week, hopefully with some more money in our pockets. See ya. Peace.